back to another episode of NBA Geekly, presented to you by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Jawan Carter. What up, Jawan? What's going on, man? Ready to talk some NBA. Yeah, man. It's fucking back. We're like a weekend now. Um, I think all teams have at least three games under their belt. Uh, so, yeah, man. It's fucking awesome. Like, I'm so... Um, I'm so ready to to talk about um, like some actual uh, gameplay and like teams and and what we think of these teams after seeing them play a few games. Um, it's exciting. We've been waiting on this for quite some time. So um, yeah, man, pumped. Um, but before we get into uh, some action, we do have a bit of news to talk about. Um, Want to start off with? Oh, by the way. Uh, what do you think of my title for this episode? It may be my maybe my best title yet. I think. Yeah, I did enjoy it. it. It was it was very funny. I did enjoy it. Thank you, sir. Uh, by the way, uh, for those of you who have not seen it and are listening either live or um, hereafter, but didn't see the title, a ton pissed off in Phoenix uh, is my title. Um, double pun, if you will. Um, but, uh, anyway, so let's, let's get into that, uh, clusterfuck of a situation. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, uh, was suspended for 25 games for testing positive for a diuretic. Um, for those of you who don't know, which I'm sure is maybe one of you at this point, um, a diuretic, uh, is basically something used, uh, to mask, uh, you know, other, other substances uh, within uh, one system. Um, essentially, it, it causes you to urinate um, more than you normally would, which helps pass things through your system quicker. Um, and, you know, that's, that's predominantly why it would be used, uh, you know, in, in this type of situation. Um, so, obviously, uh, this is kind of a big deal. 25-game um, suspension uh, for this uh, positive test, Jawan, what are your thoughts here? I'm very disappointed in him, uh, mainly because of how well the Suns have been playing so far, um, which huge shout-out to uh, uh, Champ, um, a.k.a. Mr. James Jones. Um, he has those kids balling. I mean, again, it's super early. I know, I know, I know. Um, but, I mean, this – team kind of needs them. I mean, right now, I believe um, Kaminsky uh, is, is balling, and we know that's not going to last. Um, so, to me, it's like 23 games out of 82 matter. Um, I mean, I know it seems like it doesn't, but for a team that no one is expecting to make the playoffs, even with this really good start, 23 games could be everything. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's going to be very hurtful to the team, and I'm sure he understands that now. Uh, the only funny thing about his suspension is that um, Stephen Jackson was making the joke that his name didn't belong with the uh, the names that have been suspended either around the same amount of times or longer. Um, they were saying his uh, his violation was too weak to be with the, uh, some of those names. Um, so I um, but yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, 23 games, um, means everything. So, I mean, you know, uh, hopefully he understands that and can, can move forward. But, uh, this team really need, uh, really needed him, especially, like I said, with how well they've started off. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I like. I feel like twenty five. Is, is it twenty? I know it was twenty five. Do they change it to twenty three, or it, is that just the amount of games left? I I think it I is twenty three. I I don't think it's the amount that's left. I, I think it's just. I think it was just twenty three. It went down from twenty five. No, I believe. Oh, okay, okay. Um, well, regardless, twenty three, twenty five, whatever it is. Um, uh, it, it does seem a little steep, um, in my opinion. For like, like I get it. Like, uh, it like a, a for what a diuretic could be used for. Um, it could be used for for masking a uh, performance enhancing drug. Um, but you know, I mean, it also could be used to mask, um, you know, just a regular drug, <laughs> um, which. Uh, you know, doesn't necessarily help your performance, but like, hey man, maybe dude likes to get down. I don't know. Um, I I get why they levied the suspension. I wonder if the suspension would have been levied in this way had it been a more um prolific player. I doubt it. If LeBron James tested positive for a diuretic, we'd be looking at like a four game suspension. Like, you know what I mean? Um, and that's that's my problem with it is like, you know, I realize that there's there's different standards for different players, uh, even on the court when it comes to drawing foul calls and all kinds of things like that. Um, but 25 games just seems steep to me. Like 10 games, sure. I mean, 10 games is a tenth of the season. Um, like, you know, I mean more. Um, so, like, I, I mean, I I think that that's fine. Um, 23 or 25 games. I mean, that's that's more than a quarter of the season. That just seems um, it seems a little steep to me. Um, I just personally. I, I what I do like about it is what what I like about NFL and NBA being strict on suspensions, especially like you said, to non like franchise players. Um, yeah. Is that if a franchise player does do it. There is no gray area. You have to suspend them the 23 games. Um, Like if LeBron came out tomorrow and did it, you can't go any lower than 23 games. You've already set the precedent. Um, So, I mean, I I like when they they put themselves in uncomfortable positions because not only does it give us something to talk about if a star player does do it and doesn't get 23 games, um, but it also kind of makes you question, um, you know, like the integrity of the game, like – why are you telling DeAndre Ayton that he has to suffer 23 games, but LeBron doesn't? You tell him he could only do four. Like I, I understand why you're saying it, but you have to now convince everyone else that that looks, you know, that thinks that that looks very shady. Um, so to me, I'm right. like, all right, set the bar there. So now you have to keep it. So if tomorrow Steph Curry comes out and did the same thing. It's 23 games. It's not 15. It's not 18. Um, it's 23, not even to be discussed, just 23 right off the bat. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think a lot of their guidelines um, are very strict unnecessarily. But, I mean, like I said, you've now set the precedent, so there's no moving from it. Yeah. I mean, that's that. one would hope um, it, it would be really hard to justify um, otherwise. But, like, my thing is, like, does it even come out if it's, you know, if that's the case, like, I don't know. I mean, I mean, maybe, I mean, you and I have talked about extensively, like, you know, 
that the league may not always be on the up and up about things, you know, whether whether it be the draft or specifically the draft lottery, I guess I should say, um, or any numerous uh, things. I mean, the Dallas Mavericks is certainly something that comes to mind. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I guess it, as a deterrent, I can see why it would be important to set that precedent. Um, but regardless, like, I, I just don't, regardless of the precedent, I just don't like it in general. Like, I, I feel like that's a, like, it'd be one thing if you actually tested positive for a banned substance, um, you know, like I think Wilson Chandler did to get that 25 games, uh, which I guess, I mean, you know, a diuretic is a banned substance, so I, sh- I, I should qualify that. But if you actually tested for, like, a performance-enhancing drug, um, you know, like, I don't know. I just think there's a little more gray area there to work with. Um, so, you know, I I don't know. I, I I think there's there's at least room to have the argument that um, testing positive for a diuretic is not the same as testing positive for a PED. Then maybe there should be a difference between the two. Um, but I mean, hey, we'll see. I mean, I, I think that this is something that the association should um, have a conversation about, mainly because it's like there should just be levels to it, to where it's like, all right, your first time doing it, 10 games. Your second time doing yeah. it, 15. You know you know what I'm saying? Like, go up right. in, in that order. Um, but like I said, if, if you go 23 off the bat, it makes it almost impossible for someone else to want to do that because they don't want to miss 23 games. Um, so I'm like, I guess maybe that's why you set it so high, so it sets the precedent, hey, don't do it. Like, it's not allowed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's – I mean, I, I would imagine that would be the only reason to, to do it like that. Um, but, you know, we'll see if it comes up in the future and what what maybe changes will be made. I mean, it's interesting because the NBA has – Never really had, um, really had the the like kind of doping policy troubles that either Major League Baseball or the NFL have had. Um, now some might argue that's because the NBA hasn't seemed to care as much. Um, some may argue that it's not a sport in which juicing um, really helps. Um, but you know, I think another thing that is interesting in this whole rigmarole um, is like, I think we need to take a look at um, just in general, like look at, look at various substances. Like I'm of the opinion that you like anybody in any sport should be able to take whatever the fuck they want, which I know that's not realistic. Um, But like, maybe we should take a look at things like, you know, if if you can get, um, let's say, uh, if you can take something to uh, enhance your recovery time when you're hurt, um, I don't necessarily think that that uh, should be illegal. You know, like, I'm not saying like a, like a, um, you know, like steroids or something like that, but like, uh, I think that's one of the things that I think HGH is used for, um, is like increasing uh, healing time. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with that. Um, in fact, um, uh, should I 
fucking forget his name, but uh, the uh, a writer for Sports Illustrated who does who's the the new guy on um, the uh, Open Floor podcast um, since uh, Andrew Sharp uh, had been laid off. Uh, shout out to Andrew Sharp, by the way. Um, really sucks he got laid off. Um, but I, I forget the new guy's name, but uh, he, he's done a really good job in, in Andrew's stead. Um, you know, he brought up today, like, you know, we, we, we don't, you know, we're fine with people getting LASIK, um, you know, like, uh, and that's that's giving yourself, uh, like, an advantage that um, you, you know, a, a physical advantage that you weren't naturally gifted with. Um, but, like, we draw the line at, no, you can't take any kind of substance to help you heal quicker. Um, like I, I think, I think there's a conversation to be had there in general um, with, uh, you know, essentially maybe, maybe we're just too strict in general on what is and what is not allowed because, uh, you know, frankly, because the league doesn't want to have to. Um, moderate things like that and, and have to make decisions. It's, e- it's easier for them to be like, no, none of this is legal. Um, and, you know, maybe, uh, you know, different things like that should be taken into account. Um, and I, I would honestly argue um, they, they probably shouldn't have any sort of policy on recreational drugs. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's specifically on marijuana, um you know, which is which is legal in in several states now. Um, I just don't think they should test for that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a more broad issue um, that you know that the I'm sure the league will have to um, figure out in due time. But that may be years and years down the road. Um, any thoughts uh, on that or anything else before we move on to one? Yeah, I mean, excuse me, to me, steroids specifically, um, I I don't think, um, like you were saying, I I, I don't really see how that helps in the NBA, um, because it's like, you could think you're stronger, but someone's probably stronger than you, Um, like, you don't turn into the Hulk, Um, but I mean, in, in, in sports in general, like, specifically baseball, it's like, they were so against steroids, but steroids legit is what made baseball entertaining, seeing guys be able to hit the baseball yeah. all the way into the parking lot. Um, so it's like I didn't want to watch games that ended uh, 1-0. Like I wanted to see A-Rod hit like 500 home runs in a season. Um, so, I mean, it's it just one of those things where it's kind of like you have to gauge your market, man. Like if, if players are telling you they need um, marijuana to help calm them for the stress of having to play um, NBA, I mean – I, I don't see what advantage you think it gives them. I mean, I, I don't see what the big deal is. So hopefully they um, they lighten up on it a bit because uh, it, it doesn't hurt. Right, and it doesn't give you any sort of advantage, and that's the biggest thing. Um, but, like, you know, I, I, I don't know. And like I said, I just think that, like, maybe certain things uh, that maybe do give players an advantage when it comes to healing um, – you know, should be looked at in a more favorable light than what they are now. Um, but like I said, you know, that's that's probably uh, like on on the back burner of issues for the NBA right now. Um, you know, honestly, but um, I, I do think if there is a league out there that would um, maybe be you know the front runner on um, you know uh, starting to 
see things in a, in a different light in that regard, it would be the NBA. So we'll, uh, we'll obviously keep an eye on that. Um, and when it eventually happens, I'll be like, dude, I told y'all. I, I, I fucking told y'all. <laughs> but, uh, but nevertheless, till that day. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, Jackie McMullen of ESPN wrote in an article, uh, and this was an article more specifically about Brooklyn. Um, there's, you know, she spent some time with KD, Kyrie Irving, um, uh, the uh, coaching staff there. Um, so talked to a lot of different people, uh, the front office. Um, so she had this kind of wide-ranging article on um, Brooklyn. But uh, the big thing that everyone ran with this morning, and for good reason, uh, was specifically one bit in the article that was specifically about Kyrie. Um, She says, uh, when Irving lapses into these funks, he often shuts down, unwilling to communicate with the coaching staff, front office, and sometimes even his teammates. Nets team sources say one such episode occurred during Brooklyn's trip in China, leaving everyone scratching their heads as to what precipitated it. Um, She went on to say, uh, though Irving's teammates seem to love him, uh, his mood swings are the unspoken concern that makes uh, the Nets officials queasy. Um, Interesting choice of words, I think, by Jackie Mack. Um, You know, I'm I'm sure... uh, I... I, 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 the big thing that I took away from this, Shawan, is um, if if specifically the last the last part, I get, you know, I'm I'm sure maybe when he was in China, he was like thinking about how he really wanted to talk about Hong Kong, but how the owner of the Nets uh, had come out and said something, and it's like fuck, I can't talk about what I want to talk about. Um, I could see any number of things uh, in that manner. Um, however. Um, the 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 last sentence is what really got me um when she says uh that Kyrie's mood swings are the unspoken concern that makes Nets officials queasy um well if they're unspoken then how the fuck did you hear about them who's qualifying them as unspoken who is willing to speak about them um and and somehow knows that others think the same way they do if they're unspoken Maybe I'm just being too literal here, um, which you know I have a habit of doing from time to time. Um, but that's just weird wording, um, in in my estimate. Um, that that I don't know. It just it it seems to me like maybe there could have been better word choice. And again, um, you know I'm I'm not I'm not trying to criticize Jackie McMullen here, even though I'm inadvertently doing so. I guess. Um, I just I, I that that sentence just kind of it leaves me asking so many questions just about and like everything and not just about um Brooklyn's concern with Kyrie but like you know if 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 there is this concern like why does no one want to talk about it clearly someone's talking about it if Jackie's you know reporting on it um, it's just it's a weird situation, um, and I wonder two things. One, if they already feel like they have to kind of walk on eggshells with him there because um, they, they don't want to upset him. They want everybody to feel comfortable and at home because that's 
kind of how I read into it, but also, um, you know, what does it mean for their team going forward if there are these quote-unquote unspoken concerns that make them feel queasy? Um, Like, how do you handle that kind of situation? Um, This should have been something that you were – prepared for and had a plan for um, going into it. It's not – you shouldn't have been so naive to think, oh, well, you know, Kyrie just didn't like it in Boston. He's going to come here and everything's going to be different. Um, It it, it strikes me as – you know, we talk so much, uh, particularly more Luke and myself, not so much you and Joel, Jawan, but, uh, you know, we talk so much about how the Nets front office uh, has – done really good things in the past several years um it it seems um it seems very short-sighted that they wouldn't they wouldn't have a course of action set into place along with these signings um and also that they wouldn't um they wouldn't like want to talk about it for fear of whatever um, it's just a weird situation uh, to me. Um, but anyway, I, I, I'm rambling a little bit here, so uh, I'm going to throw it over to you. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I break this down on a few different levels. One, if what Jackie is reporting is accurate about Kyrie's behavior, um, it sounds like, again, let, let me preface this by saying I, I, I'm not a doctor or a psychologist at all. I just, I've been through it myself, and it's sounds like a classic case of depression. Um, Anytime you have an individual who at just any moment's notice could kind of just shut themselves off, um, it's one of the cases um, usually for for depression. And we know Kyrie's big thing was just want to be happy and play basketball. Um, So, I mean, it sounds like that possibly could be something that's going on with with Kyrie. Um, But I will say – more to your point about wanting to kind of keep him happy and kind of walking on eggshells. Here's the thing. If Kyrie is exuding this behavior now, it's only going to get worse when Durant's healthy. Um, And if you're the net, a concern might be, if Kyrie's unhappy, how long until Durant's unhappy? Um, So, I mean, it could possibly be a twofold. Um, But, I mean, he's just one of those guys that, I mean – I've never seen a player like him or Durant. I've never seen a player like he or Durant who seemingly says, I just want to play basketball. But all you hear from them is stuff that has nothing to do with basketball. Um, (laughs) It's it's so confusing. They want the spotlight and they don't want the spotlight. It's just, it's, it's so weird. And I really hope this isn't the start of a new generation of basketball uh, or basketball players, rather, I'm sorry, um, because it's just it's confusing. And if you're a fan of an organization who has a player that at any given moment can just say, I don't want to be here. And, like, his reasoning sounds like it makes sense, but then he gets to the new team and it's like, are you doing the same thing here? You could have just stayed where you were. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know, but I, I'll say this. Brooklyn Nets, <laughs> you went out for a home run got your DeAndre, got your Kyrie, um, got your Durant. Durant's, of course, out till next year. Very early, but this team is not (laughs) the team you paid for. 
I will tell you that right now. Um, if anyone watched the, the game against the Knicks, very well could have been a loss. Um, so you're looking at a Nets team that uh, I believe – let me check the standings, see what their, their record is right now. But, I think um, they're one and two. Maybe they're yeah, two they're and one, two. No, oh, two and two. I'm sorry. It, it, it's updated. I apologize. Two and two. Um, possibly could be one and three. So, I mean, you're, you're looking at a team um, that you spent a lot of money to, to assemble and not looking all that better than the roster you had last year. Um, so, I mean, you better hope that this is resolved quickly and very quietly because uh, we do know the louder a locker room issue gets when it involves Kyrie, the more toxic Kyrie tends to be towards that locker room. Um, so, I'm the Brooklyn Nets. Better hope this is just early woes and it calms down and it disappears because if not, oof, yikes. Yeah, and they, I'm sorry, they actually are one and two, um, not two and two. So, um, so yeah, they could easily be 0 and 3 and be one of just a handful of teams um, <clears throat> that are that are 0 and 3. Um, now, obviously, uh, you know, they could have easily beaten Memphis the other night. Um, and they could have easily beaten Minnesota um, in their opener. So they could also be three and zero. But yeah, I mean it's. Um, I mean it kind of goes to what you were saying is that you know this team's not really that much better until they get Durant, which they knew signing up for, um, which is all fine and good, except for if you're having to deal with so much more shit, um, you know, throughout uh, that process. Um, so. We'll see how it plays out. I still expect the Nets to be pretty decent this season, um, somewhere in that four or five uh, seed area. But nevertheless, um, you know, it, it, it's they they should know what they signed up for. This kind of leads me to think maybe they didn't, but they should. And if they didn't, then they better damn well know now, and they need to be prepared um, to handle. Um, you know, the, the, the kind of situations that arise uh, when, you know, you have a guy like Kyrie Irving on your team, for good or bad, you know. I mean, um, you know, some people are just some people are just difficult to deal with. And I think, interestingly, um, Duran even says something uh, in that article by Jackie McMullen about, like, Kyrie being a different kind of dude, and sometimes you just got to leave him alone and let him be. Um, you know, and that's, that's all fine and good. It's just really tough when that is going to be the player that everyone's looking to, to be the leader, um, at least this season. Um, and then, you know, we all know Durant's kind of a weird guy, as you mentioned earlier. So how does that all tie together? Even when he comes back, when those two guys are your leaders, um, it's going to be something interesting to follow. Um, anything you want to add before we move on? Yeah, I, I, I do want to say this, um, and, and this might sound a little mean, so l- let me kind of take feelings out of my statement. If Brooklyn wants to be successful over the next four to five years, Durant and Kyrie cannot be their leader. Um, so that should be something they focus on, um, whether it's DeAndre stepping up um, or whether it's you finding some veteran that both Kyrie and Durant highly respect 
that could be the voice of that locker room. So when Durant gets in his moods or Kyrie gets in his moods, that guy can pull them aside and say, hey, come on, man, we, we got we got a, a ring to win. Like, snap out of it. We got to talk to these guys. Right. You know, be someone that they could look up to. But if you don't do that and Kyrie and Durant are your supposed uh, leaders, it's, it's, not, it's just not going to end well because they're, they're showing you that at any any moment they could just hey man I don't want to be bothered you don't want to be bothered <laughs> what like we're on a team man what, what do you mean you don't want to be bothered like I I need you to right. talk to me um so I mean yeah and I, look- yeah I mean and I think I think that's interesting too because I mean it's essentially what you had in Golden State with you know um, Clay being too laid back and and Steph maybe being just too much of a nice guy or however you want to qualify it. But, like, Draymond is the is and was always kind of the leader of that team. Um, it doesn't always have to be the best player on the team who is the leader of the team. Um, it's just that it usually is. Um, but it doesn't have to be. Um, so I think that's a good point. Maybe that's something DeAndre Jordan could do. I don't necessarily – I kind of see Jordan – as, as more of a Steph Curry type where he's just – he's kind of buddies with everybody. He's just trying to chill. You know, it's not – I don't necessarily see that as his role. But I do agree, like, you you want somebody else in there who's going to kind of have that role. And it's interesting, too, that I think the one guy that they had on their team last year um, who maybe could have given them a little bit of that uh, obviously, w- with very little clout as far as talent, um, and I, I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean he's certainly a rotational NBA player. I just mean as far as you know, not even on Draymond's level is Jared Dudley. Like I, I think Jared Dudley's the kind of guy who, you know, seems to have the 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 personality, at least from what we saw in the playoffs last year, that the team respected him. Um, you know, they kind of rallied around his intensity uh, in, in the playoffs a little bit. Um, and furthermore, um, you know, I, I don't look at him and think he'd be afraid to, to, you know, maybe pull somebody aside and be like, yo, like, fucking what's wrong? Like, what, what, what can I do to make, you know, to help you through this situation type of, type of deal? Um, they don't have that guy on this team. And I'm not even sure Jared Dudley could have been the guy in this particular situation. I think it takes a very um, specific kind of person, um, and maybe he's not it. But they need to find somebody like that, even if it's, um, you know, even if it's just a a guy like Dudley, like a guy who's, um, you know, maybe not, uh, not, you know, tip-top, cream of crop, whatever, as far as talent, but somebody who can just, at least on a personal level, um, reach these guys. Um, you know, I, I won't, I won't necessarily agree with you in certainty that this team can be successful with them as their leaders, um, or one of them as their de facto leader. Um, but I definitely agree with you in the sense that I think it's problematic and a point of concern. Um, and, you know, if if what's indicated coming out of this report from Jackie Mack, um, you know, is, is any indication they're starting to feel that concern. So, um, but we shall see. It'll be another thing that's very interesting to follow throughout the season. 
Um, all right, real quick before we get into kind of our, our main um, topics, get to talk some games and, and teams and stuff, uh, the NCAA voted unanimously to begin the process of modifying its rules to allow college athletes to make money off their name, image, and likeness, uh, in quotes, in a manner consistent with the collegiate model, uh, unquote. <laughs> um, I think that's funny. I, I leave it up to the NCAA to have like something like really nice and positive, and then then throw something like that in there, just like, <laughs> just just as a, a a point of emphasis that like just just to let you know we're letting y'all do this. Like, we don't have to let you do this. We're letting you do this, but you're going to do it our way. Um, and it's like, you're not letting anyone do shit. California passed that law, and, like, now you don't really have a choice, but you're still trying to frame it in a way that sounds like you have a fucking choice, but okay, it's a double A. Um, at least you got it right. Um, it only took you fucking decades. But um, at the very least, I think this is a positive step forward. Um I've been saying this for at least two years on this podcast um, that, you know, this is something they needed to fucking do. They, they, you know, I'm not saying you need to pay all collegiate athletes. That, that'd be ridiculous. But I do think it, you know, makes sense that those specific athletes that, uh, you know, can make money off their likeness should be allowed to do so, especially since you and the team they play for are making a shit ton of money off of their fucking talent. Um, so uh, I'm 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 happy about this. Uh, I just didn't I didn't really like the 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 little line they had to throw in um, at the end. So you know I'm sure you know like if if somebody was trying to make money off their likeness by being in like a fucking porno or something, I'm sure like. The NCAA wouldn't want to be in a situation where they're like, well, we said they could make money off their likeness. What are we going to do? You know, like, okay, <laughs> yeah, there's there's some extenuating circumstances there. Um, I just wonder, I wonder the first time that this sort of wording gets used to say, well, you can't do that, though, um, and the backlash that will inevitably ensue only for the NCAA to be like, uh, 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 okay, you can do that. <laughs> like, uh, it just seems to be kind of the nature of how things have gone the last uh, couple years uh, for the NCAA. Um, but hey, it's all good things. We're moving forward. Um, so I don't, I don't want to harp too much on the, on the uh, negative parts of this. All in all, I think it's a really good thing, uh, and I'm happy to see it moving forward. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I'm right with you. I mean, the biggest thing for me is hopefully now I can get college basketball video games again. Um, God damn right. I need some NCAA football in my life, bro. <laughs> absolutely. So, I mean, that, that that's my only takeaway from this. I need that game back. <laughs> I mean, it'd be a few years late because it's like all the best times you would have enjoyed playing it. Um, you know, you now have to look forward uh, but, like, last year would have been great with Zion and RJ and then the year before and the year before that. But better late than never if we can get it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's get into our main topics. Um, we didn't really decide to structure this. Like, we didn't um, we didn't say, like, you pick two and you know, I'll pick two and whatever. 
Um, so like, let's just kind of, let's just go into it. We'll have kind of a free flowing conversation. And when we, when we decide we want to move on, we'll move on. Um, but I want to talk about biggest surprises slash disappointments. Um, so let's talk surprises first. Um, whether it be teams, players, et cetera, um, we're just going to kind of leave it open-ended. Um, but like, what's one of your, uh, biggest surprises so far, George? Uh, Phoenix Suns. I mean, you know how much yeah. I freaking love Devin Booker. Um, so I feel kind of justified in loving Devin Booker. Um, with yeah, the team having I'm, a- I'm still, I'm still trying to goat you into a fucking uh, a fucking trade. I think when you were like, uh, for context, this is our fantasy. I'm talking about our fantasy league. Um, I have Devin Booker on my fantasy team. Jawan has Joel Embiid. Uh, so, you know, I'm sure a trade's going to happen at some point. We're just going to have to hash out what the other pieces in that trade are going to be to make sense. Um, but I tell you what, man, I'm sure you were happy to have Embiid last night. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll see what we can work out, uh, throughout the season. We'll have a better, better idea at the end of the week once, you know, we're not matched up against each other, um, to, you know, kind of see where their player rankings lie and all that kind of jazz. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I was just gonna say, um, I'm, I'm, like I said at, at the top of the show, James Jones. I think there's a lot of cra- again. This is still super early. I, I, I get it. I know a lot of people are like Juwan, but you're acting like the Suns are gonna be like the fourth seed. I'm just saying, <laughs> a lot of people would have thought they would have looked as horrible as they usually do, and maybe without Aiden, they might struggle uh, a bit. But um, Devin Booker. Looks like he is sick and tired of losing. Um, and sometimes you just see it in a player. Because um, you see how they approach uh, the start of the season. Now, whether he holds, whether their team holds, only God knows. But that they really are surprising me with how well they're playing so far. Yeah. No, they've, they've looked fucking great. And, um, you know, I mean, when they came out and just – Stomped the fucking Kings to start the season, um, and we'll we'll get to the Kings in a bit. Uh, you know, once we get to the disappointments uh, portion of, of this uh, of of this part of the episode. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, when when they came out and fucking stomped them, I was just like, fuck, dude, like you lost to the fucking lowly ass Suns like that, and it's like you know, I know it's only four games in and they're only two and two. But, like, it's like, damn, the Suns actually look kind of good. And one of those losses was a one-point loss to Denver, um, you know, who's undefeated at this point. Uh, so, yeah, I, uh, I I would agree there. I think I think the Suns have been really impressive thus far. That Looking like that Rubio signing is much better than, you know, what a lot of us anticipated it being. Um, and, honestly, like, without Aiton, they get to play more five out, uh, and that it, it, they can use that as their advantage. Um, obviously, Kaminsky can shoot, um, who they've been playing, uh, given a lot of minutes uh, so far this season. Um, they got a lot of shit for that deal, and it seems to be working out okay. Um, and uh, um, Aaron Baines, <clears throat> another cheap center that they picked up uh, just simply because Boston was – you know, trying to – I mean, he was basically throw-in uh, salary. Like, they had to take on his salary 
um, in order to get the deal done for Ty Jerome. And, you know, he's ended up being uh, really helpful uh, for them. Um, He's not only like a big dude who can kind of bang in the paint when you need to, but he can stretch the floor a little bit. Um, So even though I think I, 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 I don't really so much worry about the Suns um, losing while Aiton is out because he is out uh, because of those two guys and, and the fact that they've been playing well. I more so wonder what it's going to be like when he comes back um, and he's been out of the rotation for so long and these other guys have gotten all of these minutes and how they're going to address it at that point. Um, it would be probably more of my bigger concern there. Um but uh, but yeah no they they've looked really good. Booker's looked great. Um, I, dude, I think I got him in like. Granted, this is an eighteen league, but I think I got him in like the sixth or seventh round. Like I don't know how the fuck he fell that far, but like I was just like, oh, there's Devin Booker. Like like why wouldn't I take him in a fantasy league? Regardless of how his team is, he's gonna fucking get buckets. Um, so uh, so yeah, um, definitely definitely enjoying that uh, that pickup as of now. Um, but yeah, Suns will look great. All right, you know where I'm going here. Uh, Trey Young and my Atlanta Hawks, baby. Um, did not expect them to come out like this. Um, like, they have played outstanding to start the season. They did get their first L last night against uh, Philly, um, but it was a very, very highly contested game. Um, back and forth, uh, you know, they, they put the clamps down on Trey after the first quarter and no one else could really get a bucket. Um, and that's going to be something that the Hawks have to figure out throughout this season and into the future is they need another guy who can get a bucket. Um, cause essentially, um, right now when teams double Trey, uh, they can halt this Hawks offense. Um, it's going to be interesting because uh, as we're recording right now, the Hawks just tipped off against the Miami Heat. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Heat handle Trey and how the Hawks kind of counter that um, to see if they can kind of keep this momentum going for them. Uh, and, and this game right now will decide who is uh, atop of the uh, Southeast Division. So it's a, it's a you know pretty big game early on in the season for both of these teams. Um, but Trey's just been fucking great. Um, even even against uh, Philly, you know he he obviously didn't have a huge game like he did in the first two, but um, he played solid. Um, uh, you know specifically early on in the game, and in those first two, man, thirty eight points in the first game, thirty nine in the second game. He's had nine assists in all three of the of his games. Um, been. Uh, feisty as far as defensively, you know, obviously he gives up a certain amount of um, size, but he did put on uh, 12, uh, 12 to 15 pounds of muscle this off season. Um, that seems to show. Uh, so I've been fucking so pleasantly surprised uh, with this team. And I mean, uh, you know, I didn't predict them to make the playoffs. I thought they were a year away. Um, I'm I'm happy to say, at least as of now, I think I might be wrong. Granted, as you said, it's early in the season. I don't want to, you know, get my hopes up too much. But um, Trey Young is showing that, like, superstar potential. Um, not just all-star potential. He's showing that superstar potential. Um, essentially, 
the fucking things that uh, everybody uh, at the beginning of last season and even uh, through all of last season kept saying that the Hawks fucked up with. Oh, you traded away a fucking future MVP candidate for a guy who will be lucky to make an all-star team, and then that turned into to a guy who might make a couple all-star teams, and then that turned into, well, you know, like you traded away a, a, a superstar for a perennial all-star. He's never going to be as good. Um, and, like, I don't think you can really make that argument anymore. It's like, dude, like, Trey is fucking every bit as good as Luka, at least in my estimate. Um, like, they both started off the season really strong, uh, and I think it's vindication for the Hawks' uh, front office uh, that he uh, finished out last season so strong, started this season off so strong, um, and uh, I, I really am excited to continue watching him grow uh, and for this team to kind of grow with him. Yeah, I mean, I, I I might be ready to say Trey Young is the best point guard in the Eastern Conference. Um, and, Ooh, and I yeah. Think, I, I mean, think about it, Nick. Look, I'm looking at the standings at all these teams because, again, Ben Simmons is a point forward, not a point guard, even though they keep putting him at that position. Um, if you go legit well, I mean, point guard. He's, he's yeah, pretty much a point guard. I mean, he's, he he guards different people. Like, but I mean, the thing is, like, you know, I would say Luca's not a point guard because he can't guard point guards. Ben can guard point guards, um, but you know, I mean, you're we're just kind of splitting hairs, I guess. Right there. Right. I think, um, but no, I I I think Trey Young is the best point guard in the Eastern Conference. And and let me add a little bit more to this. Dig myself in in a deeper hole. I don't even think. You think Trey's that but, much better than Kyrie? Like I know you're not ha- you're like you're not huge on Kyrie right now, but I mean, come on, dude. This, this is this has nothing to do with with my um my current uh, disgust for Kyrie. I just think Trey is a more complete point guard. Uh, I mean, I, Trey Young. When I watch Trey Young, like I'm watching I'm watching the Heat game now. Um, People think, oh, he's just like he's just shooting off the cuff. Like, no, Trey Young will look to get you open and get you a bucket. Right. But like, not he's averaging nine assists. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, if you're not balling, Trey Young will go off for forty and not feel bad about it. I watch Kyrie and I watch him ISO, and I'm like, there are four other players on your team. Like, are you even looking to see if someone's open? And by and I'm right. not saying Kyrie doesn't pass the ball. Because um, he does have high assist games, but I'm just saying Trey Young does it so naturally um, to where he'll either have uh, a beautiful pass to you or he'll pass, you get him open, and he gets an open shot. But regardless, Trey right. Young is very team friendly. Um, and that's yeah. the kind of quality you want in your all star, future MVP um, point guard. So to me, I don't even think it's close. I think he's the best point guard by a mile in the Eastern Conference. Damn, I love it, dude. Coming with that fucking heat. I fucking love it. Um, yeah, I, like you make you make a good fucking argument. I, like I don't want to I don't I don't want to like to drink the Kool-Aid so quickly without really like sitting down and thinking about it, but I mean, you you make a good argument that, you know, I mean, if, if I was going to rely on like who would I want to get a bucket and, you know, 
um, crunch time, Trey Young or Kyrie Irving. Uh, even though Trey has proven he can, he can do that, um, I See, still probably rely on Kyrie. I, I was, but like seriously though, I still probably rely on Kyrie. Kyrie's handles are just better than Trey's, um, like a lot better than Trey's. Um, that's one thing that Trey still needs to continue to work on. He doesn't have. He tries to split defenses sometimes in double teams, and he just he looks. Um, uh, you know, they he gets his his pocket pick. He still turns the ball over too much, um, but like. I will agree with you. His like his ball distributing and passing is just fucking on a different level. And I would say there's maybe only five guys, like a handful of guys in the league, who are on that level with him. You know, like I mean, obviously, like a LeBron James. I think you know Chris Paul. Um, you know, I would I would still put him on that level. Um, Russell Westbrook, I'd kind of put on that level. Um, there, there's just not that many, you know, there's just not that many dudes who are that good at passing. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, I don't think it'll be long at all before Trey is, uh, you know, the cream of the crop, um, you I'm know, gonna, in the league. I'm going to tell you this now, Nick, late game situations. I want Trey. Let me tell you why. The reason why Kyrie is so effective late games is because he has the handles to create space to get himself either a shot off or a drive, right? Here's why yeah. Trey is more dangerous late game. He is limitless. He does not need space. He is just limitless. He can pull from the logo. He can pull from the, the airport, the car lot. That is what makes Trey dangerous. And I kind of feel, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I kind of feel like him pulling from from all over the arena is just at a higher clip than what Kyrie probably just shoots from behind the line. Um, so, to me, that's what makes Trey more dangerous. Now, is it the most ideal shot? No. But, I mean, no one thought Steph Curry was the most ideal when he was doing it, but it was effective. Um, so, to me – Yeah, consistency is the, big, is the big part of it. Like, if Trey can prove to do it consistently like Steph was able to prove, um, then it becomes – an ideal shot. But but I ask you, do we have any reason to believe he won't? No, not with this kid's work ethic, man. Like, I mean, that's and all just I'm his saying, kind man. of natural touch and everything else. So. Yeah, I mean that that's all I'm saying. All I'm saying is this: um, in a, in another year, right? Let's, let's give it another year. I think yeah. it will be definitive. Trey Young is the best point guard in the Eastern Conference. Now, if people want to argue the Ben Simmons thing, whatever. But I still will argue Trey Young will be the best point guard in the Eastern Conference. And I think that's yeah. by a mile. Yeah, well, I think it's interesting because I think I think what's when the Hawks finally kind of find out who's going to be their second option guy, because they, they still don't know yet, they're still like a lot of people who think maybe John Collins will develop into that. I kind of see Collins as more of a third option guy, but you know, if he improves his game, he could easily, um, you know, become that second option guy. But I mean, I think you know, there's a lot of buzz around DeAndre Hunter. Um, you know, Reddish has come has come on slow this season, but you know, he he missed so much time this off season and was hurt, you know, all last season. Um, Kevin Herter's another guy who has that kind of potential. Um, but that's the big thing. He doesn't have a a like go-to second option 
uh, that can you know help him right now. Um, you know, I'm really hoping that we see that throughout the season. Um, but like you know. Once you get that, that is going to open up even more for Trey because they won't be able to just double team him all the fucking time, which is what they do now. They just, they, you know, that's that's what Philly was able to pull off, um, you know, down down pretty much throughout the majority of three quarters of last night's game. Um, but uh, to your point, uh, I do think there's. Uh, I do think there may be an argument between he and Ben Simmons uh, in the coming years. It, what it's really going to come down to, and I think what we kind of saw last night was, um, you know, Trey was Trey was kind of able to, um, you know, still be effective, even though they, you know, at least throughout, particularly in the first quarter, but throughout moments within the game, um, and. I, I think probably at least in that particular game to a greater degree um, than uh, Ben Simmons. Um, and that's, that's going to be the big thing is like um, Ben Simmons looks fucking terrific in some games. And then in some others just doesn't look like he's able to really impose his will on the game. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's all going to boil down to like, I just want to see Ben Simmons shoot the ball. I don't fucking care if he makes it. Uh, you can fucking miss a hundred in a row before you make one. I like, I just need to see him shoot the ball. Um, you know, I, it didn't surprise me that he didn't do, you know, take one in the first game. Um, but I mean, he still hasn't attempted a three in, in the regular season. And it's just like, dude, at some point you like just fucking pull up and take one, man. Just they, like, they're going to leave you open. Just fucking do it. Work it into your game. You know, do, do what Giannis did, you know? Um, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think there there will be an interesting debate there because um, I, I I would definitely spotlight those two guys as you know your your cream of the crop as far as young point guards um, in the Eastern Conference. Um, but all right, uh, one one more thing that surprised you that has surprised you. Um, I'm gonna go another team, and I'm going to say the Dallas Mavericks. Um, who, again, still very early, Joel. I'm glad Joel's not on the show because he hates when I, whenever I praise Chris Stops. But um, <laughs> I, I think him and Luca are showing why, um, you know, that that trade was successful for Dallas. I mean, you're pairing, um, I, I guess you could say, two unicorns together, two guys that, um, you know, at their positions, other players really can't do what they do. Um, and since I drafted Kristaps, I've been obviously following him very well. Um, the kid's been balling. He refuses to get me a double-double, but he has just been balling. Um, so yeah, he's he, been good. Like I said. Say it again. I said he's been really good. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, again, I know a lot of people like to say, oh, it's it's very early. But I look at the, the Western – like, if you look at who's one through eight right now, right? So you got Denver at number one, San Antonio, Minnesota, Clippers, Jazz, Rockets, Lakers, Dallas, right? I look at that and I kind of go, it's going to be tough for Dallas, but they absolutely can make that eighth seed, like that eighth or seventh yeah, seed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, i tell you this. If you're telling me that they make the seventh seed and they go against San Antonio – 
I like my chances if I'm Dallas. I really do like my chances more so than I will with Denver. Um, but I like my talent, uh, my chances. Sorry. Um, so I mean, I think this this team isn't more so. Oh, they're just a flash in the pan because it's early. I think this team we could be talking about heading into the playoffs, um, and and then possibly making some kind of noise. So I mean, I'm really shocked at how well they've been playing. But what I'm not shocked about, Nick is um, me and you have talked about this numerous times. They have a really, really, really good head coach who just has been playing yeah. with really, really, really bad players. Now he has good players, yeah. and you will see better results out of Dallas. So I'm very proud of what they've been doing so far. Yeah, man, they've, they've looked really fucking good. Um, I, I was – I was um, I kind of relished in, in them losing to the Blazers the other night, especially when uh, Kent Bazemore um, fucking picked Lucas Pocket uh, with about a minute left in the game and, and caused a turnover, um, which obviously ended up being a big play because it ended up being, a, I think, a two-point game in the end. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I struggle with it because, like, you know how much I love Luca, be- like, before the draft. And, you know, how much I wanted the Hawks to take Luka. Um, and I, I don't have anything against Luka. I just I, – I, I have I have a lot against the people who act like Luka's just so much better than Trey. Um, with, with no real evidence to point to as to why that is, you know. Um, like there's no statistical uh, – like real statistical evidence to use um, to back it up. It's just – um, narrative, uh, and that, that frustrates me. Um, but, um, nevertheless, uh, I, I don't really have anything against Luca. I, I, I still like to get a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they have looked great. Um, you know, it, better than I even expected. Um, I still wonder defensively, like there was a play, um, in that Portland game, um, late in the game where Luca was trying to D up, uh, Dame Lillard. And Dame just got like right by him, um, and and it's not even like Luca was playing bad defense. Like his his um, like his, his his footwork was sound. Um, he got his body in the right position. He just wasn't fast enough. Like Dame just kind of went around and underneath him, um, and got an easy layup. Um, at least by Dame standards. Uh, and and it was just like yeah, like what are you doing having Luca guard? Damian Lillard at the end of the game like you can't fucking do that um and that's going to be uh a thing that they have to get figured out when it comes to this duo um can Kristaps guard five so that Luca can hide at the four because he's got the size to where he can guard fours and it will be more beneficial to him to do that um because of his um his, I don't want to say lack of athleticism because I, I think I, I think people look at Luke, excuse me, look at Luca and say he's not athletic, which is not the case. It's just he's not, you know, guarding elite point guards on the defensive end athletic. Like that's a very small fucking portion of players who have that kind of athleticism, and he just doesn't have it, um, and he never will. Um, but, uh, you know, if they can work that out, that specifically, um, and continue to grow, um, together offensively, um, 
they're going to be good. They're going to be really good. Um, they just got to get all those other kind of things worked out. Um, but, uh, but they, they, uh, definitely seem like they, they have a plan in place and, um, are, are, are definitely, you know, at this point better than I expected. Um, and you know, of course the other big thing is going to be, can Kristaps stay healthy? I'll tell you what though, he looks fucking stacked, man. Like he, like he's definitely bigger than he's ever been. Um, somebody test that motherfucker for diuretics. I'm just asking, just asking for a friend, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but nevertheless, um, like he, I mean, he, he looks like he's in the best physical shape of his life. Um, so maybe that goes a long way in, into helping, um, you know, him kind of, uh, you know, refine his game and, and not have to, you know, rely on any sort of, um, kind of wandering crazy shots that, you know, might put undue pressure on his knees. Um, so we'll see. But, yes, uh, I, I 100% agree. All right, I'll, I'm going to be quick about this last one. Um, I think it's the other obvious one is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Starting out 3-0, and there's four teams that are 3-0 and who we're going to uh, talk about here in a second. Um, but by far the most surprising of them is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, dude, like, they just uh, – obviously, they, they had that big win against the Nets. Um, but, I mean, Cat just looks – fucking dominant uh Wiggins is still this like fucking anomaly he's like he he takes more shots than you would want him to take he like still like his stat line on the year is like ungodly little uh um you know uh numbers outside of scoring uh like he he has very few assists very few uh steals um blocks etc um, I think he's got a handful of rebounds, but um, like he just, he just doesn't do much else, and he doesn't do and he doesn't score efficiently. Um, so even though he's capable of hitting a game-winning shot, which he proved, and we've seen him do before, it's like I'd rather you just be more efficient so that we don't have to be in the position to hit the game-winning shot, you know, um, where we can be up by ten going down the stretch of the game, maybe just don't take so many fucking shots throughout the game, um, you know, and, and let other more efficient guys uh, do so. Um, and maybe just, like, try to play make a little bit. Like, um, you know, I, I, I really do think if he would just be, like, embrace being a little bit more of a playmaker, at least to the degree that he's capable of, um, the, the, the team would reach a, a higher ceiling. Um, so I, I obviously still have that big question. Um, but with a healthy Robert Covington, um, by the way, uh, Jawan, I, I, I think, and I can't remember if I mentioned this or not. Um, there's definitely, uh, I, I've, I've developed a, a drinking game of sorts for our pod. And one of the things is anytime Nick mentions Robert Covington, <laughs> you have to take a shot. Um, so there's, a, there's at least going to be like uh, a couple shots taken uh, in any given podcast. Uh, simply because you know I'm going to mention Robert Covington like at least twice throughout yeah. the podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but nevertheless, um, uh, you know he's healthy. He looks good. Um, I I want to see a little bit more from Culver. I I liked him a lot coming into the season. Um, but all in all, man, this team looks good. Um, they got your dude Noah Vonley over there now. Um, and, uh, you know, a, a couple other key pieces. I mean, Jake Lehman seems to be a good pickup for them. Uh, so, 
Um, we'll see if it lasts, but uh, very surprised uh, to see them come out um, and win their first three games. Uh, pleasantly surprised, uh, uh, might I add, because I, I really do. As much as Wiggins frustrates me, I fucking love Carl Anthony Towns, man. He, he's fucking that, – that kid's a fucking badass. Um, but, all right, we're running low on time, so I do want to move on. Um, let's just name um, kind of our one big disappointment um, thus far this season, and then we'll uh, quickly talk about uh, the four teams that are undefeated. Um, all right, biggest disappointment so far, Jordan. Golden State Warriors. Um, yeah. Awful. Not awful. Um, and I put that on no one uh, but the um, their GM. That's a horribly constructed team. Like a really bad constructed team. Um, best thing they can do is hope D'Angelo um, plays at a high level. So they can trade him. Um, so they can trade him. Maybe get some kind of assets back for him. Um, because this team looks bad. And if this continues, I still have them in the playoffs. Seventh or eighth seed, I still have them in. Um, but if this team does not get better, we'll unfortunately be talking about a Golden State Warriors team possibly in the lottery. Um, yeah. So hopefully we don't have to, to do that, even though LeBron had to do that last year. Let's hope Steph Curry doesn't have to go through that. Um, but, yeah, they're definitely my uh, biggest disappointment. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, well, uh, I mean, they, they've obviously been disappointing. I, I did not and still do not expect them to make the playoffs. Um, you know, I just I thought the West was too competitive this year. I, I just, you know, I saw the defensive um, struggles that they were going to have and just their lack of depth. Um, it, it, it's one thing when you only have, you know, X amount of star players or – um, you know, you're you're down a big piece, or you you have some fit issues. They, like they only have like what five legit NBA players. Like, granted, like four of them. Not not, not excuse me, not including Clay Thompson, um, who's you know probably going to miss the whole season. Um, but like you know, granted, uh, you know three of them are really fucking good, and uh, you know a couple of the other ones are pretty solid. I mean. I like uh, Kavon Looney, um, the guy. I think he's he's a solid kind of role player. Um, but like, outside of like those four guys and maybe one other dude, you know, fill in the blank, whoever you want to call that fifth dude, they they just don't have a lot of NBA like legit NBA players. They got a bunch of guys who bounce around the league, couldn't find homes. There's reasons they couldn't find homes because they're not that fucking good. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, like they're just not. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know. I, I I didn't have a lot of faith in them. So um, we'll see if they're able to turn it around. I think the biggest thing, too, is, like, they need to um, they need to kind of reassess. They, they can't just do what they've always done. They don't have the personnel to do that anymore. You have to adapt. Um, so we'll see if Steve Kerr is able to kind of adapt um, to try and get – the most out of the talent that he has because the talent that he has right now is is relatively sparse and you're just, you're you're not going to be able to run the same offense that you've run for the last five six years. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Um, for me, it's got to be the fucking Kings, man. Like I I 
just bought into it, man. And and maybe they can get it turned around. Um, but zero and four to start the season, like just fucking terrible. And and like they just look so fucking lost. Like I don't, I don't know. I, like I don't feel like any any real system that they had last year was in any way complicated. They ran up and down the court, passed the ball around until they got an open shot. And they're not even doing that this year. They're not fucking passing the ball. Have you seen all these fucking ISOs, um, you know, that they're doing this year? Like, Buddy Heald, like, dribbling the ball and trying to take ice, take people ISO? Like, what the fuck? Put the ball in the Aaron Fox hands. Let him fucking create. Get open, Buddy Heald. And fucking knock down open shots. That's what you do. Like, you're not an ISO guy. Like, I don't I don't know why they think that is, is – it's the way to, to go about scoring in the half court. Um, they're not getting in transition enough. Um, it just it just hasn't looked good at all for them. Um, none of the new pieces that they brought in seem to have made the kind of difference that I thought they would make. Um, specifically, Dwayne Dadman, I thought he'd be a big help. Although, I did think he would be a big help next to Marvin Bagley, who obviously uh, is hurt. But the thing is, Part of the reason that I, I liked their team so much was because they had all this fucking depth. And so it's like you lose Bagley for four to six weeks or whatever, but, like, you have Harrison Barnes who can move down to the four. You have Nemanja Bielitsa. Um, You know, you have, you know, two guys right there that are NBA caliber role players um, that, you know, granted, it sucks that you're paying Harrison Barnes like he's more than a role player, but – He's at least a role player who can fucking give you some valuable minutes at that position. Um, and uh, th- th- there's not – they're not gelling. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like maybe Luke Walton's not a good coach. I think you've been saying this for a little while now, and I've kind of always pushed back on it. But maybe you're right. Maybe he's not a good coach. Um, you know, I, I don't want to condemn him with that this early on in the season. But, like, they look – so much better uh, last year under Dave Yeager with less experience. Um, and just, I don't know. I, I'm very, very disappointed with this, this start, you know, uh, of the season. I mean, I moved them up to six. I'm in the sixth seed. Like they might be the fucking 13th seed the way this is going. Like it's, it's fucking terrible. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. All right. Let's, let's jump to, um, talking about these undefeated teams because I want to get to this because I really want to hear your opinions on these. So I got we got uh, four undefeated teams. So I got four buy or sell questions for you uh, to finish out this pod. I'm going to start with the Sixers. The Sixers are the uh, only undefeated team in the East. So I want to ask you buy or sell. The Sixers are the number one seed going into the playoffs come postseason. I'm gonna sell it. I'm gonna sell it. Okay. Yeah, I. I, Boy, I, it's, I it's down. Yeah, I I don't see Milwaukee not holding that um that uh that number one seed. I just kind of see them struggling in games where Embiid can't go. Um, and I think those games are more likely um than not. So I think in those games. Uh, and those games are going to be the ones that hurt the most is when you don't have Embiid. 
because um, it just seems like, and knock on wood, but it just seems like Giannis is just in perfect health. So it's like if he can stay healthy and keep that team rolling, um, I just kind of see them being able to catch a few more games than the Sixers this year. Um, but that's not because I don't think the Sixers are good. I just think Embiid's not playing, what, 70-something uh, games this, this season. Um, so I'm like, not. if he can't do that, I'm like, it kind of just makes sense that the Bucks would be able to capture, uh, capitalize on that. So, yeah, well, looks like Trey Young just went down with a serious injury. <laughs> so, oh no, goes, don't tell me yeah. that, dude. I, I was just, I didn't even listen to a word you just said. I just let you keep talking until you were done. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but. Um, no, how bad are yeah. they saying it is? Uh, they, I, they, he, they just are trying to get him off the court. He's, he looked like he couldn't put any pressure on his, on his, uh, on his uh, ankle. It looks like a, it looks like an ankle, some kind of ankle injury. Um, it, it, it's weird. It kind of looked like it was his right leg gave out uh, um, underneath him, and that's what I thought it was at first. But then he went down on his left and, like, totally rolled his ankle. I don't know if it's broken or if it's just a sprain or what, but it looks bad. He did, he was not putting, like, any weight on it um, when they were helping him off the court. So, we'll see. Um, all right. Uh, let's let's try to breeze through this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to power through and not, not think too much about um, how much this sucks. Uh, all right, Nuggets. Um, same question, actually. Buy or sell them as the number one seed in the e- or in the West? Excuse me. I buy them. Uh, I, I I don't know how many times I need to say that because everyone's going to say what the Nuggets number one. Like, what about the Clippers? I do not. I I, I have no confidence in the Clippers. I don't, um, and mainly because of my bias to Paul George. Um, I do not think um, that this team will make it to the NBA Finals. Um, I'd actually pick the Denver Nuggets to make it to the NBA Finals over the um, wow over the uh, Clippers. So um, I, I think their level of play can keep them in that number one seed um, because they have just such consistent players. And with your big being your best passer, um, you can't go wrong. And he stays healthy. Yeah, I, I I could see that more so. Um, the Nuggets staying that number one seed. Yeah, I actually, uh, I, I mean, I picked them to be the one seed in the West um, this year. I mean, I just think as far as at least as far as regular season is concerned, I just think they're going to be really good. I'm not quite as bullish on them. I I don't necessarily like. I still have the Clippers coming out of the West, um, but I, I mean, I do think that the Nuggets. Um, just as far, at least as far as regular season, or, or should, in my opinion, um, you know, uh, be have the best record at the very least. I mean, they just they they have so much in their favor. Just the the fact that they have so much consistency, um, you know, coming in from last season with no major uh, changes uh, within their roster. Um, just like some some minor additions. Hopefully, uh, all their all their young players continue to get better, and hopefully they stay healthy this season. They had a lot of guys banged up um, for extended periods of time last season, um, whether that be Gary Harris, Will Barton, um, both missed, missed extensive time, um, and uh, Millsap, of course, missed, missed 
you know, a, a large portion of games. Um, so, you know, the fact that hopefully they'll have that plus the added uh, depth of, of Jeremy Grant, and you never know with Michael Porter Jr., how that could end up uh, working out for them. Um, a lot of factors there, but, yeah, I mean, I, I expect them to be uh, the number one seed. So um, we are definitely in agreement there. Um, all right, buy or sell the Spurs as a home court advantage Western Conference team. So a top four team in the West. Well, I'm going to say bye only because last year, remember, I was very adamant that I did not think they were going to make the playoffs, and they made the playoffs. Um, yeah. It's kind of like, it's like maybe I should just stop going against the Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to buy it because maybe, I mean, you know, DeMar DeRozan seems to sort of kind of gotten into his, his role there. Um, they got uh, Murray back. So I'm like, maybe, yeah. I mean, they're well coached. They have really solid players. I mean, I don't see why not. But definitely it's just because I don't want to go against them again. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting question because, I mean, we know the West is really stacked. But – Honestly, to me, that almost kind of goes in the Spurs' favor because all those other Western Conference teams have to play all those other Western Conference teams. Um, and you, like, at the very least, you know the Spurs aren't going to have very many games throughout a season where they come in just totally unprepared to play the, a, a game in that particular night. It happens from time to time, as it does with all teams. Um, it just happens least with the San Antonio Spurs. Um, so I actually think that could help them out a lot. Getting DeJounte Murray back is huge. Um, having his extension taken care, of, taken care of, I think, is also, like, really big for them. Uh, it, it allows him to play with the necessary amount of confidence and um, uh, to play a little, you know, as free as he needs to. Uh, and I think all of those factors are going to help. Uh, and, you know, I just think, too, um, having DeRozan in the system for, you know, a whole off season and all of last season, like, all of that, I think, is going to end up paying dividends for them. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of with you there. I'm thinking right now, like, a four seed doesn't sound so far-fetched to me, um, especially considering, like, uh, you know, so many of these teams are um, – you know, going to be facing so many various obstacles throughout the season. Like, um, especially so many have new members on their teams, uh, you know, as as I mentioned earlier, as it pertained to the Nuggets, um, and trying to fit all those together. Um, but, like, also just, you know, um, injuries, various coaching concerns, like all of these kinds of things, a lack of depth for, you know, many of these teams. Um you know, injuries aside, which, you know, those can always strike. Uh, I'm not terribly uh, concerned about anything uh, outside of that for the Spurs. Like, they're just fucking consistently good. So, yeah, wouldn't surprise me at all. I, I, I'm actually uh, – I've kind of talked myself into uh, leaning towards it. All right, last one, Minnesota. Um Buy or sell them making the playoffs in the West? I'm going to buy only because I, I kind of feel like this is a this is the season 
that Wiggins shows that he's not just someone who, um, you know, overachieved in high school um, for us to kind of make a big deal about him in college and then he does nothing in pros. Um, I think he has something to prove. I think Cat, like I said, same thing about Devin Booker, he's sick of losing, um, and he's playing like it. Um, so, I mean, it, it, I, I'm going to buy it, even though it might come at the expense of Dallas not making it. Um, I, I, I'm still going to buy it for right now. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it, it'll be interesting. I'm going to sell um, – uh, I just I at this point in time I'm selling. I just got to see a little bit more before I buy into these guys. Like I said earlier, I love Cat. They're one of my biggest surprises. Um, and you know, I, I I also I really like the way Ryan Saunders seems to have have has been able to kind of um, put his stamp on uh, on this team and and how that. Uh, essentially how he goes about coaching it and how much uh, that is in stark contrast uh, of how Thibodeau coached. Um, it seems to be playing really well, and we caught glimpses of it down the stretch of last season when they were able to get way more out of town um, than any at any time previously in his stint uh, in Minnesota. So I, I am cautiously optimistic but the caution outweighs the optimism as of now. Um, and, you know, so many, uh, uh, like, I, I want to say at least two, maybe all of them, um, that their games have been really close. Um, so it's not like they've been, you know, really hammering teams. Um, they've been close wins. Uh, and it's just it's going to be really hard to, to you know, um, to make the playoffs in the West. So, um not to mention, we have seen the Memphis Grizzlies start out hot the last two seasons and finish near the bottom of the league in the West. Um, so, you know, I, I could see Minnesota falling into that sort of spell this season. Yeah, I, I do want to say really quickly, seeing the West so far this season, again, is the biggest reason why um, they have to at some point evaluate the idea of just um, making it best teams make the playoffs, like forget a conference. Um, Because if you look at the standings, you kind of look at the West and you're like, these teams would easily make the playoffs in the the East. Right. Like it's ridiculous how easily they would make the playoffs. So that's definitely something they should look at because the standings in the West is ridiculous. You know what I'd like them to do just for like at least a season is, what the number? Let's see. Uh, there's what? So you there's 29 opponents in the league because there's 30 teams. So what? 29 times two is 58. Um, 82 minus 58 is 24. Um, I think. Um, so essentially, you could play every team twice and then play 24 other teams, kind of at random, one more time. I like to see them implement that sort of schedule, especially since divisional record doesn't really mean anything anymore. Um, I like to see them implement that just for us to really get a glimpse of um, seeing all of these teams play a more well-rounded schedule, playing, um, you know, playing more uh, of the same opponents 
as much as possible anyway, um, and, and just see what those teams' records would be uh, under those situations. Because, I, I, you know, I think that it would probably be surprising, um, you know, to, to see just how much the, the gap is between the East and the West. And I think if, if people saw that, it would be easier at that point for them to, um, you know, get behind having uh, some kind of change in the format um, to, to better reflect the 16 best teams uh, that are in the East um, as opposed, or I'm sorry, in the league, as opposed to just the eight best in the East and the eight best in the West. Um, Cause like, as of now, you know, you'll have, like, let's just take example, like take a look at, at last season you know what the eighth seed uh, in in the East was what Detroit, um, and I think Detroit was right around 500. Um, but like if Detroit played the you know same uh, same schedule that the Kings had played last season, they probably wouldn't have been right around 500. Um, so you know that's that's I think a big thing that they you know maybe should work on. Um, but, uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'm not expecting anything like that to happen, but, um, but anyway, uh, that's gonna, that's gonna wrap it up for us tonight. Um, I'm still kind of sitting here in agony rewatching this fucking replay of Trey fucking up his ankle. Um, we'll see. I'm hoping it's not too bad. My fingers are fucking crossed, man. Like it's, this would, this is fucking definitely not something, uh, Atlanta fans. Uh, wanted to see. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I just saw it, and I'm like, I saw a football player get that injury in in the game and come back in that same game. So I'm like, hopefully. Yeah. That did you see? Worse. Did you see? Uh, did you see them? Did you see him walking off the court though? <laughs> no. No. Yeah, that's what leads me to believe he ain't gonna be coming back. <laughs> Think. Well, no, 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 um, no. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, at worst, he just misses the rest of today's game, but maybe he can come back. If not, the next game, the game after. Like I'm just saying, maybe this yeah. isn't like out for a long time, kind of thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, hopefully, it's just not broken. Um, didn't look like it. Um, and you know, if you like really fucking roll your ankle, it fucking hurts. I've done it before. Um, so. Um, you know, hopefully that's all it is, you know, um, you know, or, or worst case scenario, that's what it is. So, um, but, uh, you know, we'll see, obviously, um, we'll have more, uh, updates, uh, come the next show and we'll be able to talk about it then. Um, but, uh, what, what we got, uh, on the, uh, books this week, Juwan, what's coming up? We do have the return of, uh, Geeks Against the Grain. Um, nice. For that. Um, not sure what the episode's going to be about yet, but do stay tuned for that. And I'm working on getting us an interview with, um, one of the co-creators of LeBron's, um, un, was it, un, uninterrupted on HBO. Um, mm. so I think that's the name of his show, but we're working on that interview. So hopefully we can get that, uh, get that done. So fingers crossed. I thought it was called The Shop. I thought it was uninterrupted. Maybe it is called the shop. I could be completely wrong. I don't know where uninterrupted came like, from. Maybe it is the shop. I feel like 
I feel like that's the show with Skip Bayless and LeBron's biggest fan. Isn't that uninterrupted? Undisputed. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the shot. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, dude, that'd be fucking dope. Uh, that, that, that'd be super cool. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we'll have that uh, uh, coming uh, down the pipe very soon. Uh, and uh, also, uh, Geek Vibes Live will be back this Sunday. We took a hiatus. Uh, this past Sunday, um, not a lot of news dropped. Some big news dropped, but not a lot. So we figure we just slide it on down. Got a lot of Star Wars to talk about, um, and a few other things uh, uh, that are definitely going to uh, make the docket. Um, so be sure to uh, check that out. We'll be recording Sunday. Um, you'll be able to listen live on Sunday, and then for people uh, who subscribe to their pods uh, via. Um, iTunes or anything like that, uh, it'll it'll be available for you Monday morning. Um, so be sure to check that out as well. Um, and we will see you guys next week, uh, same time, same channel. Till then, peace. Peace.